dispensing with a maid or a cook, and he was preparing breakfast. Stephanie tethered her horse at the side of the house and dashed into the surgery, formerly a parlor. Father! she called down the hall. Father! I found a wounded man, and he's in my buggy. He's been shot. Her father rushed up the hall from the kitchen, following her outside to the buggy. Stephen Thorpe, a rangy man of fifty-two, was the origin for Stephanie's tall, slender form, blue eyes, and finely modeled features. Along with their close physical resemblance, they shared devoted love for each other and a total, unstinting dedication to their profession. Stephen leaned into the buggy, checking the man's pulse. Well, I believe I know how this man was shot. He must have been the cause of the bother that took place hereabouts last night. What sort of bother? The convict evidently escaped from the prison in the village last night. I heard gunshots and the constable shouting along the road, and then this man is wearing convict's clothing. Having taken little notice of the man's clothing before, Stephanie saw that it was made of the coarse wool used for convict's clothes. Transportation of felons to New South Wales had ended five years before, but some who had arrived prior to that were still serving sentences. Along with local residents jailed for misdemeanors, thirty convicts were kept at a prison in the village to maintain roads and bridges in the district. I'll have to notify the chief constable about him, but he can't be returned to the prison in this condition. We'll keep him here for a time to attend to him if he lives, but as I'm sure you know, this is very much in question. Well, let's get him inside, Stephanie. Stephen lifted the man's shoulders, and Stephanie gathering up his legs, and they carried him to a table in the surgery. She took off her coat and hat and then brought hot water from the kitchen while her father removed the man's coat and shirt. Stephen washed his hands and selected instruments from a cabinet, and Stephanie sponged the blood off the man's chest. Blood still oozed from the wounds, the one on the man's shoulder bleeding more rapidly than the other, and Stephen began with that. He inserted a probe into the wound to locate the bullet, moving the thin steel rod deeper and searching with its porcelain tip. And were there any complications with lying in that you attended last night, Stephanie? No, no, the baby's a bonny girl. The labor was perfectly normal, if such a word can be used for the miracle of birth. Stephen smiled and nodded in agreement with her remark about childbirth. He stopped searching with the probe and holding it steady and reaching for an extricator, a slender instrument with a toothed jaw at one end. It was grooved to match the diameter of the probe, and after sliding it down the probe and into the wound, he released the lever that opened the jaws. He pushed the extricator a fraction of an inch deeper, and then closed the jaws and lifted it and the probe out of the wound. The bullet clenched in its jaws. Blood gushed out of the wound, and Stephanie staunched the flow with a cotton compress. Stephen inserted the probe into the other wound, and searched with it for several minutes. Then he shrugged in resignation as he withdrew it. Well, that's a very deep wound, and jabbing the probe around in it certainly isn't making it any better. See if you can locate the bullet, Stephanie. You have a more delicate touch than I. Stephanie took the probe and he eased it into the wound. She felt for the least resistance, the path of the bullet. It was difficult to find, for the torn flesh had swollen together during the hours since the man had been shot. And when the probe finally touched something solid, she knew from its position in the man's body that the tip was touching the bullet, and not bone. She slid the extricator down the probe and removed the bullet. 
Stephen placing a compress over the wound, and then they bandaged the wounds. After years of attending to patients together, they worked in perfect coordination with each other while deftly wrapping and fastening bandages. When they'd finished, Stephen listened to the man's heartbeat with a stethoscope, a brass tube with a flared end. The man seemed no worse than before. A good sign. One of us will have to watch over him closely. Now, how many calls on patients do you have today, Stephanie? Several that can be deferred, and only four that must be made today. I could finish up with them by midday and watch over this man during the afternoon, if you wish. Yes, that would be best. I'll look in my daybook presently to see what calls I have for today, but I'm sure that the afternoon will be sufficient for them. After we have breakfast, I'll go tell the chief constable about our patient. Rather than going to the trouble of hitching up my horse and buggy, I'll use yours if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind at all, of course, but, well, I could do that. I must go to the...